0: It's so good to be here. This is like second home, you know. This is, I'm real, real happy and comfy. Y'all just got to move the church closer to my house. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think. (laughs) Uh, No, you can leave it over there. Hallelujah. You know, um, I just want to say, first of all, I'm just glad my daughter and my son in love uh, and my goddaughter here with me this morning, that's just a real blessing. I love hanging out with them. Um, But... uh, I just want to say now, I know a lot of you, you don't go through this kind of thing, but I I was sharing with my husband, because I thought I should just tell him, how, um, Pastor Chuck, I know you wouldn't believe this, but I really hear the enemy trying to tell me that prayer isn't real, that it doesn't work, that I'm just having a conversation with myself. Anybody ever, anybody ever had that kind of, Yeah. And 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 then this past week he was saying, you know, this whole thing about God being real is just kind of something that's part of the social culture to make people feel less helpless, and and and, and, and keeps I keep hearing these different little digs, you know, uh, at my faith about you know I'm wasting my time praying. This. It's just, prayer is just, you know, a joke, you know, or it's not going anywhere. You are just having a conversation with yourself, you know, or, you know, uh, and is God really real, you know? And uh, all of these questions that you would think that the enemy would have sense enough to know as long as I have been walking with God, he would just not bother. But he, he, will, he will take his attacks all the way to your last breath, okay, yeah. to pr- try to persuade you that God is not real, yeah. you know, that prayer is just, you just saying words, you know. None of this is really real. And, um, and so I asked the devil the other day, since we were having a conversation, I asked him. <laughs> <laughs> I said, so what do you suggest as an alternative? Yeah. Do you have something better to offer me? And the fact is, he doesn't, he doesn't, not something that's better. And I noticed that uh, the latest little cultural norm seems to be, I was watching TV, and, um, and I heard a couple, couple personalities say something about children and about people. And it says, you have to learn how to self-correct. You have to teach children, instead of spanking them, you have to teach them how to self-correct. Anybody heard that phrase lately? You know, self-correct, okay? You know, when you're doing something wrong, you need to self-correct yourself. And I'm like, how do kids know how to self-correct if you haven't taught them what is correct and what is not correct? You, 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 you're trying to suggest that kids have something in them, okay, that would cause them to do good. When they're doing, come on, all right? To to self correct, there has to be a frame of reference or something that you have been taught or something that has been deposited in you, and then you can self, but they're like, you know, out of the air, like, you know, just just self correct yourself. So that's the latest new little, you know, teaching that I hear floating around in the air, you know? But um, I just, I just, But whenever, and I want to give you this, too, whenever you get those kind of mental attacks, you know, where you pray and you're not seeing any instant results, you know, and Satan says, see, I told you, you know, I told you, you're wasting your time, you know, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. You know, I, I, I like to take myself on a history lesson, on a history journey, and kind of look back, And, oh, if you just take a moment to look back. And I say, I don't know about you. I'm just talking about me. But all the times that I should have been dead, okay, and I couldn't Uh self-correct or fix myself, you know, that something that had to be greater than me and more powerful than me when I was totally, absolutely powerless, and Satan cannot argue with what God has already done for me. Amen. Right. He can't, he can't, he can argue. He might try to persuade me as he usually does that, hey, you need God to fix this over here. And you need, do you see anything happening? I don't see anything happening. I think you're wasting your time. And then I said, well, well, wait a minute. What about, what about when he did this? What, what about when they said that my husband needed back surgery and he would and his and he would never walk again on his own what what about that what, what about when he had cancer you know and and they were afraid that it had spread you know what, what about when my daughter had one leg shorter than the other and they said that she was going to be in the hospital for a year and then they found out that the legs started to grow all of a sudden and then she didn't need to be in the hospital what about? And you got to start rehearsing what he's already done. Yeah, 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 See, yeah, 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 yeah. Satan can argue with you about your future, yeah. but he cannot argue with you about your past, yeah, yeah, yeah. about what God has already done. Yeah. 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 So, So I've been hearing this song, and... Um, The song is basically kind of annoying because it won't go away. Have you ever had a song that just gets in your head and, you know, even when you don't want to sing it, it just keeps playing? So I just said, well, okay. So I asked um, the sound man if he would play it for you because I want you to be bugged all week long. There's no reason why I should have to suffer by myself. So is, is it ready back there? Is it Ready? Okay, they're, they're going to pull it up. Okay. And I guarantee you, if you hear this song, you're going to be absolutely stuck. Nobody but Jesus. So now you're stuck. All right. All week long, you've been saying, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who saved my soul. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, are you ready for the word? All right, let's just lift your word and wave it in the enemy's face. Say, I got you now. Jesus is real. He's real, and he's hearing my prayers. He hears my cry. I got a little too much echo on my microphone. Amen. Um, Psalms 40. We're from the topic. We're going to continue from where I was the last time I was here. Hope in God. Okay? Putting our hope in God. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We come before your throne of grace and glory, Father, because we know that you're real, Father. We have a history with you, Father. You have delivered us so many times, Lord, from the enemy's plots and schemes, Father. All the times he tried to destroy us, destroy our faith, Father, in you, Father. But, Lord, here we are, Lord, standing and believing, Lord. Some of us on the edge, Father, right now, Father, we don't know if we're going to make it or not, Father, but you love it when we're on the edge because that's when you show your glory you show your miracle working power father you come to the rescue father you're a great deliverer father so i thank you right now lord that as i speak the holy spirit will fill my mouth father lift the words from the pages they will ride on the wings of the holy spirit and find a dwelling place a healing place in the heart of every hearer and believer in jesus name amen amen hallelujah hallelujah psalm with me please to psalm 42. Psalm 42. psalm 42 psalm 42 amen I think that's in the Old testament <laughs> hallelujah okay. yeah psalm 42 here's here's a here's a very unique psalm um Historically, this is some um, um, is interesting how it was put together. It is a song about David being in distress. Um, but it's not written by David. It's written by the sons of Korah, who were the psalmists that. And the musicians that accompanied David when he came into uh, his, uh, uh, when he became king of Israel, you know, and he developed his court and everything, he had a uh, cache of, of worshipers and singers and musicians that worked along with him, uh, production team, okay? <laughs> and, and so, the, Psalms, the, so the, the, the Sons of Korah, uh, and, and that's an interesting group because if you remember uh, Pastor Chuck, uh, in the uh, in the Old Testament, the sons of Korah, their ancestors were the ones who got swallowed up because they didn't believe God. Okay, but apparently they had some descendants who saw what happened and said, "We don't want to go there." Okay, right. <laughs> and so their descendants got themselves together and uh, became psalmists along with David. And so this this psalm is really interesting because these are the some the sons of Korah writing about David, it's almost as if they are inside of David's head. Because remember, David was a psalmist, so they they have a connection. They have a way where they are united in one thought. And so they are inside of David's head, writing what they believe David must be feeling. That's the only way that I could uh, process, and the only way the commentators process how they could be writing as if they are speaking for David, okay? They're speaking for David. Now, there, there's another thing, interesting thing about this. There is someone who is writing the psalm who is speaking on behalf of David as if they are speaking for David. They are using David's voice to speak for him. Uh, and then here's the other thing. David is not talking to God in this psalm. Okay. He's not uh, he's not in this place where he's saying, "Oh Lord, have mercy, oh Lord." He's not talking to God. It gets even more interesting. David is not talking to people. David is talking to David. Yeah. Exactly. This is a psalm about self-talk. Right. It's about Encouraging yourself. Remember, I just said how the enemy. I just hear him telling me, you know, you're wasting your time. You, you know, you you have to really speak back to that inner voice. Yeah. That that because if you don't speak back to those inner attacks, is this something um, clicking up against you? Okay. If you don't speak back to those inner attacks, those attacks that. Um, come at you when, when you know, you can, be, you can be sitting around with friends and family and acting like you're having a good time, but inside something's going on in your head. Something's where you are like a million miles away dealing with something that's happening, you know, with your job, something's happening with your finances, something that you're going through a health issue, something that's going on with your kids, something that's going on with your spiritual life where you just don't feel like you even know God anymore. I I don't know where you might be or what might be taking you away and or speaking to you in your inner self, you know, that's making you struggle. That's just me. That's, you know, nobody, nobody knows what I'm talking about right now, you know, minister Terry tripping, okay, well, we'll find out, but David is in a dilemma, and so we're just going to use David's voice here, even though someone is using David's voice for him, if you can get that, but he's saying, you know, I'm in a desperate place. Some some have come to the conclusion that this was written during the time when his son Absalom was chasing him and trying to take his throne, okay? Nobody's really sure uh, when this was written, but it seems to be that's one of the frame of references on this particular psalm, all right? But, But David is in a desperate place where he just needs God. Have you ever been to a place where you are in a bad situation and it seems like you can't find God? It seems like he's not talking to you. You're not hearing from him. It's, you know, it's like you're out there like, you know, God, why don't you say something? Oh, why, don't you, why don't you fix this? Why, 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 what am I supposed to do? Why don't you send me some comfort? Why look, he says, as a deer, verse 1, Pants for the water, so my soul pants for you, oh God. I, I need something that I don't have right now. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. What, what, when, can, when, when can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. Can you turn my sound down just a little bit? A little While men say to me all day long, where is your God? Now, when men say to me all day long, where is your God? Who is the man that's saying to you? It's the voice inside. It's the voice inside of you. Oh, you're going through all this? Where's your God? How come, how come God is allowing your children to be in this situation? Yeah. How, how come God isn't doing something about your marriage? Yeah, I don't see no change in my mate, my wife, my husband. Well, where's your God? You're supposed to be so holy. You're supposed to know God. You've been saved for 20 years, you know. You pay your tithes. You minister in the church. You, you, you're nice to poor people. You give homeless people a dollar. Now, what's God done for you? What, he's, what is he? Where is your God? And that's the first attack that he will come with for believers, For those who say, God, I'm trusting you, I'm leaning on you, I'm depending on you, and you know, and when it doesn't go the way, it looks like it should be going, hey, Pastor but where's your God? All this nice stuff you've done for people over the years, and now he's let you be in this place? Where's your God? It's that voice in you. It's not so much what people are saying on the outside. It's about what's happening on the inside. Does anybody get that? Amen. Then verse four, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multiple leading with the the processionals to the house of God. I I remember when I used to go to church before I just found myself in this situation. Might've been time when you couldn't go. Might've been time when you didn't want to go, but he's remembering the refreshing and that came when he would go to the house of the Lord. With shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festival throngs. Now, uh, here, here, here's the self-talk. Verse 5, right? This is what David is asking himself. He says, why are you depressed? Why, why are you frustrated? Why are you upset and confused? Why is it that you just come to your wits end and and you don't know what to do, where to turn, who to talk to? Why are you so angry? Why why are you so upset? Why are you so sad? Oh, my soul. Who's the soul? That's your your inner self he's talking to. He says, why why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. Why are you so disturbed within me? He's asking himself the question. What are you so upset about? Well, you got time to listen. I can tell you what I'm upset about. You want to take out your notepad and pencil? Do, do you want to have this counseling session now so I can just get everything off my chest? Why? Why are you so upset? And but the thing is that he's asking this question to himself as if you know better than this. Yeah. You know better. Why are you upset? Why, why are you so downcast? When you have a God that already promised He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. It says, "Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why are you so so sad and so disturbed within me?" Put your hope in God. He says, "You don't don't go there." It's not that don't go there. It's not don't go there. Let's not say that, don't go there. We all go there. Don't stay there. It's all right to go there. It's not all right to stay there. Okay? And the best thing you can do for your mental health is to go there, but learn how not to stay there. There is no sadder person, watch this, and no sicker person than a person who is angry, upset, disturbed, depressed, and doesn't know how to get over it. You don't know how to walk away and say, look, I'm over it. I mean, you should be around <laughs> some of the fights that my husband had. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have done this. Well, I wouldn't have done this if you hadn't have done that. Well, that's okay. You don't worry about it It You won't do it again for you. I don't care because I didn't ask you to do it in the first place. <laughs> Five minutes later. So are we going to the movies or not? Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> we have learned to get over stuff quickly. <laughs> it's okay to be upset. Just don't stay there. Look at somebody and say, it's okay to be upset. Look at somebody. Just don't stay there. Watch this. Give them some advice. Look at them again and say, because if you stay there, they're going to have to medicate you. You'll be on antidepressants, antidepressants, and I'm not saying some people, yeah, you need that. Okay, take a pill, okay? (laughs) Take a chill pill, okay? (laughs) When my my little granddaughter, the the eight-year-old, when she comes over, she gets rambunctious and starts crying about nothing and going, I said, come here, come here, come here, come here, here. open your mouth. (laughs) Take a chill pill. You'll feel better in a minute. I said, come on, swallow it, swallow it. Okay, now sit down and relax and let that pill work on you. <laughs> Somehow she really believes it. <laughs> she really believes it, okay, that I gave her something magically, mysteriously that makes her quiet down, okay? So we got to learn how to get over things quickly. He says, why are you cast down Why on my soul? Do you? God has given you something. He's giving you hope. Well, what is hope? What is hope? You see, y'all need to be writing this down so when you're going off next week, you know, you'll have, you'll have a chill pill to look to. He says, hope in God. Don't hope that your boss is not going to fire you next week. Don't hope that your car is going to break down or you're not going to be able to... Don't hope in, He said, put your hope in God. See, the, the thing that will frustrate you is that when you put your hope in things and not in God, yeah. when you, even when you put your hope in a doctor, oh, this is the best doctor. This doctor's got me, blah, 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 blah. That doctor got problems himself. Okay? He's trying to fix some stuff. Okay? I'm not saying don't appreciate or don't, you know, think that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, but don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't hope. I I hope that, you know, when I get home, my husband's going to be there to comfort me because I've had such a horrible day. He may have a horrible day too. Then what you're going to do? It says, hope in God. Put your hope vertically before you put it horizontally is that my right? is that the right measurements? okay put it put your hope vertically be, then you can hope horizontally. Yeah. Hope in God. Yeah. So what is what is hope? See you need to understand what the hope is. Hope is hope is something that is a divine expectation that what that of what that what may be possible that looks impossible. it's a divine expectation. It's an expectation from God. It's like, it's to have an expectation. Well, this is looking bad, but I have an expectation. I ran out of gas in the middle of the night in the middle of a place I had never been in Texas, and I was saying, God, in the name of Jesus. In fact, I sang the song. Till I got to my destination. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I have the victory. I, You know, I didn't look at the gas tank. I looked up this way. I had a divine expectation. Hope. Hope. When you hope, when you have that Divine expectation that God, you got to do something, no matter what it looks like, because see, He's the God of the impossible. It, it activates your faith. Me being in that car, in the name of Jesus, in the name, of, I was hoping, and as I hope, my faith got stirred up. So that I began to reach for something that my eyes said, "This ain't working," but. I kept my eyes where they belong, on hope. Hope will give you the strength to fight your doubts, to fight your fears, to fight your discouragement. Hope will give you, hope will help you when you are on a mental battleground. Anybody have been on a mental battleground? It is hope that comes to you and gives you what you need to stand and fight when you're in a mental battleground. This is it. Hope will help you create an alternative route to pursue your goals. Because what happens is, if you have no hope and there is no way for me to get to that back door, fire breaks out, there's no way to get me to that back door. Well, I don't have any help, I'm just here, I'm just gonna get burned alive. But you know what hope does? Hope begins to show you alternative routes to your situation. Because you have looked to the God of possibilities, the God of miracles, the God that sees more than you can see. And and understand, when you look in this direction, then he will speak to you and show you an alternative to the only thing that the enemy wants you to see. You, there is no hope. As long as you have hope, he'll show you alternative routes. Yes. Amen. That's what hope will do for you. So he's telling, he says, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you so disturbed and upset and angry and whatnot? Hope in God. I want you to look. Get your eyes off your situation. I remember David in Psalm 27. He said, Lord, he says, the enemy is all around me. I'm in camp. He said, David, seek my face. Anybody remember that song? He said, God, did you hear what I said? I said that the enemy is getting ready to overtake me. They, they, you know, Saul has come against me or my son or whoever is chasing me, the, the Philistines, whoever. They, David, don't look at the problem. Seek my face. And when David got it, you know what, you know what his answer was? Anybody know the answer to that? He said, thy face, Lord, will I seek. He said, okay, I'm going to go with this. How do I seek God's face? How do I hope in God? Next verse, right there. It says, for I will praise him, my Savior and my God. He says, if you want to stir up your hope so that you can see your way around situations where you can continue to stand on the battleground when it looks like you're losing ground. When all of that's going on, he says, if you just look up to me, he says, I, I, I'm going to deposit into you a hope. A, 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 I'm going to make a deposit into you into a, um, what, 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 he, what he calls a, a divine expectation. Like, I don't know where our next meal is coming from. Many of y'all didn't grow up that way. Or you like said, I don't know how we're going to eat tomorrow. But God. Amen. Anybody grow up, you shouldn't have made it. Even as a child. You went through some suffering. You, you, you know you shouldn't have made it, but you're here right now. Amen. You made it. That's because there was an expectation. God says, if you praise me. Ooh, glory. He says, he says, hope in God, my soul. He says, for I will yet praise him. When you are outnumbered, outgunned, things are looking tough, they're looking rough. It seems like, you know, your children or your mate or somebody have taken a direction, a course that, you know, you're like, hey, you know, they, they, they ain't coming back from this one. This is, this is too wide, too deep, too terrible. It, it's not going to happen. He says, I will yet praise him. When you praise God, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm excited. When you praise God, when you come to him in the midst of a crisis, in the midst of your, your, a personal challenge that you're going through, a time of depression, when you praise God, you open the heavens. Listen. When you praise God, you are knocking on heaven's door. And if you keep praising him, that door will open. God, I need you. God, I need you. Don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. Don't know how I'm going to keep from losing my job. Lord, I need you. My kids are going crazy. Lord, I need you. God, my marriage is in the toilet. God, I need you. I'm just depressed, and I don't even know why I'm depressed. God, I'm tired of feeling this way. God, I'm sick in my body. Knock, 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 knock. That's what your praise does. Your praise knocks so loud. Can I? How can I help you? God will come to the door. God will come to the door. He will open the door. Yes. And I'll tell you what, once he opens that door, he says, okay, okay, all right, they're here, they need something. And it, the Bible says that he releases ministering angels into your situation, supernatural beings that come, they come to change court documents. Yeah, they do. They come to speak to the judge's ear. Yes, 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 yes. yes. They show the doctor, they take his eyeballs and make him see things that the medical report are not showing on the surface. Oh, I'm telling you, when when the door opens and God releases ministering spirits into your situation, he, he can do for you what medication can't do. God says, you, gotta, you know, doctor, you got to take this, you got to take this, you, you're sad. God says, I'm just going to release something that's already in you. And I'm telling you. He says, hope in God. He says, I will yet praise him because praise, praise opens the door to miracles. And see, you think miracles are parting the Red Sea. But miracles, when, is when your gas tank is empty and you're in the middle of a highway and there's no gas station and your car keeps going, miracles can happen in little ways yeah. Yeah. that you will know. And you know what? And see, and he does it so that you will know that he is real so that there'll be no denying. That he is God. So when the devil comes to you with those foolish arguments that God is not real, you're wasting your time, he's not listening to your prayers. But there's something else. There's something else. Because if you notice, in Psalms 45, it says, Why are you cast down on my soul? Psalm 42, 5 says, Why are you cast down on my soul? Then he says, Hope in God. He says, I will yet praise him, the God of my salvation. He said, my Savior, my God, He says that. Psalms 42, 11. You know what Psalms 42 says? 11 says, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Wait a minute, didn't we we just look at that verse? You know what it says in Psalms 43, 5? Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? me." Why is he repeating this? Why does he keep saying this over and over again? Because... When you hope in God, and when you praise God, you are. Let me tell you something. Praise is um, is like manna from heaven. Anybody know how long manna from heaven left when God was dropping the manna from heaven? One day, huh? One One day, one day, one day. And when and let me tell you something. He will let you have a good day, and then he's right back at you. The enemy is right back at you on day two. And so David has to tell himself over and over again, okay, Amen. battle number two. Why are you cast down? Come on, you know the drill. Hope in God I will yet praise him. You know, my God and my Savior, you gotta, it's not like a one-time thing right. mm-hmm. where well, you can praise God and go on about your business. You got to praise him. You know what? How long does it take you to get dressed in the morning? How long does it take you to, before you put your clothes on it and, and you get in the bathroom, how long does it take you to get ready for work? Huh? What are you doing in there? What are you doing in there? What are you doing in there? You're getting ready for your day. You're getting the outer man ready. But what are you doing to get this inner man ready and so unfortunately for me my husband decides to get ready at 6 30 every morning i said it's unfortunate but that's my lot in life hey baby ready to pray i'm not a morning person all these years you have never figured out and he he's praying away father and bless how many names does he mention when he prays you' my daughter, huh? huh okay, the whole world, and then, when it's my turn to pray, you know what he says? Hey, are you awake? you wait? Hey, it's your turn? oh, 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 okay, okay, I'm away but however we have to get it done, we get it done because just like I shower and you know and Fix my hair, you know, so y'all don't. I don't scare anybody, you know. I have to do something for my inner self. I want to give you this final note. Final note, in verse seven, this is the big one. This is the big one, right, Rose? This is the big one. It says, "Deep." Forty-two and seven. You get that up forty-two and seven. It says, "Deep calls to deep, and the roar of the waterfalls. All of your waves and breakers have swept over me." He says, "God, I'm in deep water." And this is after he's asked himself, you know, why is he cast down? He knows he has to hope in God. He knows it praises opened the door turned to miracles. He knows all that. He knows that God is the same. He knows he's real. And then he turns around and says, deep is calling unto deep. And I feel like I'm overwhelmed. I feel like this water spout or this, it's, it's like an undercurrent that you can't see on the surface. I feel like it's swirling around me, pulling me over and it's over my head. I'm in over my head. That's his cry. Deep is calling unto deep. Well, God, let me ask you a question. Why would you pull anybody, allow us to go into the deep? Psalm 69 and 2, if you you can make the note, it says, I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I can't even find a place to stand up in this. I have come into the deep waters, and the flood engulfs me. It's almost like a, 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 an extension of Psalms 42, 7. It says, I, 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 I sink into the deep mire. Where there is no foothold. Have you ever been in mud or something where you're trying to find the bottom and, and there's no bottom, you just keep sinking deeper and deeper and deeper? He says, I'm sinking down and, I, 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 and, and I'm sinking in so deep that I, I'm, I'm about to drown. Deep is calling unto deep. Wait a minute, God, you, you're going to let me be in this place where you're watching me sink? You're watching me be overwhelmed? Why are you calling me into the deep? Wow, that's a question, huh? Hmm. I love this. Psalms, I mean, Luke 5, 4. Luke 5, 4. I know it's not going to be on the screen because I didn't give it to him. I don't think. Maybe I did. It says, when he, Jesus, watch this. <laughs> I love this. This is so good. He said, when he, Jesus, finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for the catch. Mm -hmm. Did that that go over your head? Deep is calling unto deep. I can't even find my footing, I, I feel like I'm being overwhelmed. And then Jesus comes along and says, come on, Simon, let's go into the deep. Because you're going to catch something in the deep. He said, you're going to catch so much in the deep that your nets are going to break. You're going to have to call in your friends to haul in what I have for you. It's not going to happen on the shore. It's going to happen in the deep. And when God calls us into the deep, we're feeling like, God, you've forsaken me. He says, no, I'm calling you into the deep for the catch. So that I can bless you. So that I can give you what you will never get if you stay on the shore. My husband and I were at the beach one day. And way, 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 way out on the horizon, we saw a tanker. Have you ever seen one of those at the beach? You look way, way, way out sitting on the water. And uh, my husband was explaining to me uh, about tankers. I guess it was you or was it the other guy I was with? I can't remember. Deep. Uh, <laughs> no. No, but some, no, seriously, sometimes we talk to people at the beach. Okay, that's what I meant by that. Okay. <laughs> but, but at any rate, this guy was telling me, or Charles was telling me. Was it you, baby? that was telling me about. Okay, it was you. Okay, you were the guy. Okay. Charles was telling me, no, because we do. We talk to everybody at the beach. Okay, we really do. You know, we're we're a mess at the beach. Hey, do you know Jesus? Hey, do you know Jesus? But um, that that ship was sitting there because it was waiting to dock. And because of its size, it has to stay in the deep water. Yeah. It can't come waiting, it, it has to stay in a place that can handle the weight yeah. of what's in the ship. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's in the ship? A billion dollars worth of cargo. Cars, electronics, pharmaceutical, tennis shoes, clothes, oil, coal, metal, semen, steel, iron, or sixty-four thousand pounds of goods waiting in the deep. Oh, I wish you could see what I'm seeing right now. Everything you need is in the deep. It's, it's waiting there. And it's waiting for a time when there's going to be an opening so your ship can come in. You think that God has forgotten all about you, that he doesn't have? Hey, what he has for you is in the deep. Yeah. Yeah. And many times the deep will come to you, but many times he will call you into the deep yeah. so that you can get your blessing in the deep. Yeah. And it may feel like, hey, there's, there's, uh, the, the, the sand is sinking under my feet. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going under. Well, you need to get the Peter principle in you and walk on the water. Yeah. So God, he says, keep you, what did he say? He said, Peter, you'll only sink if you do what? Take your eyes off of me. But if you keep your eyes on me, I'm calling you into the deep. Yeah. So when God, oh, listen, we, we, last night we went to see, uh, uh, what was the name of the movie? Went to see Harriet. You got to see it. I don't care what color, what skin, you have got to see it. Because this is a woman who was called by God to release Hundreds of slaves, people out of say, but she did not see. Look, she, look, here's what, here's what, here's what the word says. Where's that scripture? About the deep. Where did you go? Where'd you go? It says that the heart, it's a proverb here. The purpose, watch this. The purpose, Proverbs 25. The purposes of a person's heart are deep water, but one who has insights will draw them out. It says, yeah, the, the, God has a purpose. It's deep. What's in you for God to do is deep water. And so here she's thinking, I'm going back. She, she, they told her, you'll never make it. When she decided they were going to sell her, she said, I'm running away. They said, you'll never make it. There's snakes. There's deep water. There's, there's people chasing slaves. Slave. You'll never make it. But she in the movie, she literally kept her eyes on God. She said, God, show me what to do. Show me where to go. And the preacher told her one thing before she left. He says, you have to let go of fear and trust God. You need to see that movie. He said, you got to let go of your fear and trust God. And so she, she gets the freedom, but she misses her husband. And she said, I'm going back and I'm going to get my man. She goes back. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that the purpose that she went back for turned out to be a purpose that she didn't see. Yeah. That she was going to be a, a, a captain on the underrail and lead hundreds out. Wow. She didn't see it. She thought she was going for one thing. See, the purposes in your heart are deep water okay. and what you think that God has for you. May be something deeper than you realize. Right. And you're going through certain things thinking, you know, well, why am I going through this? Oh, woe is me. Oh, God, blah, 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 blah. You, may, you may think that. But God says, I have deep purpose for you. And as you walk with me, it's going to come to the surface. Yeah. You're going to realize that there's a purpose. When my husband went through prostate cancer, um, oh God, why me? But I can tell you of of all the men that he's ministered to who have had to go That, but he knew and he was able to advise, he was able to help them because he went into that deep place. I'm done. (laughs) Your ship is coming in. Everything you need is in the deep. So when God lets you go through something that's deep, I will yet praise him. Yeah. I will yet praise him. Why are you downcast on my soul? Why are you troubled within me? I'm going to do what I know to do. I'm going to hope in God. And I will yet praise him, my Savior, my God. Father, I thank you right now. Thank you so much, Lord. Even thank you for the deep water, Father that we find ourselves in some of us are in deep water with our finances it's deep we don't know how we're going to make it some of us are having health issues God relation issues whatever the issue is whatever the deep water is God says guess what that's where your blessing is believe it or not it doesn't look like it but that's where your blessing is it's in the deep so right now I want to pray for you Anybody right now, if you just need prayer, just raise your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you right now. Hallelujah. Father, you see the deep water. You see the hands that are raised. And they're not raised to me. They're raised to you. They're, they're raised toward heaven's door. Just knock a little bit. Just, just if you've got your hand raised, just knock a little bit. Just come on, ball your fists up and knock. Come on. Say, God? God, I'm knocking. My hand is raised and I'm knocking. I need a miracle. I need you to help me. God, help me not to be afraid of the deep. But know that in this deep, that's where my blessing is going to come from. I thank you right now, God, that as they are raising their hand to you in faith, raising their hand to you in faith, Lord, That you are releasing angels, Father, into every situation, into every circumstance, Father. Thank you right now, Lord. Their hands are raised, Father, in faith, God. They're in the deep, and they don't know how they're going to make it. But God, I pray that you would stir up their hope right now. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. And let them know that their blessing is waiting in the deep. And their ship will come in, in Jesus' name, amen.